don't ever hold yourself back. Don't ever think like you're not good enough. The truth is, once you're in the company, they don't know who you are anymore as far as your background. They don't know about your degree. All they know is you're there just like everybody else. And if you're working harder and getting more done, you'll get promoted or you'll get known in the industry as that person and you can go to other companies and stuff like that. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. So today, I have a very amazing guest, Carl Dunning. Carl, do you mind giving a brief introduction of yourself? Sure, yeah. Carl Dunning. I'm out here in the Bay Area. I do tech sales. I'm basically the senior sales manager at Cogent Communications right now. And I also help people that don't quite have like a like a highly educated background or a degree get into tech sales and still do well and make good money, you know, even though maybe they came from like a rough background. Okay. Now, tech sales, right? People always, you hear things, people making million dollars, $2 million, and it's really all over the place. Like, what are the salary ranges that you see for people with tech sales? And like, what do people start off at mid-level and high level? The lowest would be like 80 grand a year, but most of the time it's six figures plus commission, right? So you're going to make or W2, you know, 120 up to 200,000, sometimes more. Now, where you hear about the millions is basically a lot of these companies give out stock and stock options to good performers or people that they don't want to lose to a competitor, right? Like, like they might not want to lose you to from Microsoft to Apple or from one phone company to another phone company or one software company to another software company. Usually whatever company you're at, there's probably three or four competitors. And what the companies do, if you're really good and you work hard and you do what you're supposed to do, they'll give you stock options that vest out in the future. Obviously not right away. Otherwise you'd take the money and run, right? But they give you stock options, which is basically like a carrot to stay there and not leave. Now these stock options can be worth thousands, hundreds of thousands. I mean, if the company does super well, they could be worth millions, as crazy as it sounds. The other thing I know is sometimes they just close some super mega deals because they come from an existing network. They have a long track record. They know a lot. Or sometimes they get lucky, right? Their uncle's like a senior vice president at Microsoft and Microsoft needs their software and they got that intro. So yeah, It's always good to understand like what are the realities and all that. Not that you can't make it, but everybody thinks that they're going to be that top 1% and yeah. you don't realize there's a lot that goes into it. There is. And you, you know, you can start out at the ground level, right? Let's say you just start out as an SDR or a BDR and then you become like an account executive. And then from there, you can become an enterprise account executive. And that's where the big money is, like you're talking about, and the big deals and the big commission checks. Like the one thing is, it's getting your foot in the door. Once you get your foot in the door, work hard, do what you got to do to, you know, get along with everybody at work and make the sales you need to make. And from there, you can move up the ladder. And then even from there, you can even move into a leadership position, management, director, VP. That's when a lot of the money gets ludicrous as well. 
So let's go back. What did you want to be in high school and how was high school like? Since this is the no degree podcast, let's just get right into it. I don't have a degree. Um, in third grade, I remember my teachers called my parents in for a meeting and they're like, hey, there's something wrong with your son and da 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 da. They wanted to hold me back and, and all this weird stuff. And my dad was like, no, you know, just push him forward. And back then they said, okay, maybe this is like a special ed kid or something. Now they call it like ADHD, right? And they'll yeah. try to put your kid on like medicine and, and, you know, Ritalin and Adderall and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's a whole different ballgame. But back then they didn't really know. So the truth is I just wasn't really interested in what, what they were teaching. So I just didn't really pay attention. Right. So I knew from a young age that, yeah, I probably wasn't going to be like a doctor or a lawyer or some kind of like, you know, straight A 4.0 student. Right. But I went through it as far as I could. I think I dropped out in the 11th grade and just kind of started working, right? I just figured like, well, I might as well try to make money instead of just sit here and not do much at school. But I did know at a young age that I wanted to make a lot of money. Back then, I wanted to make like a hundred grand a year. That's like yeah. so much money back then. I, Looking back, I should have thought a little bit bigger, but I didn't know. Back then, that was a lot of money. Now it's like you're barely yeah. making it. But I did know I wanted to make a lot of money, but I knew it wasn't going to be through education. That was for sure. I just started working like around the 11th grade. I started working at, at Safeway, which is like a grocery store. And it was kind of like the best job you could get for kind of not being educated. And I ended up staying there like five years because I just figured there was a part of time where I thought, man, I guess I'm not going to make it. I guess since I don't have a college degree, let alone a high school degree, I'm really just screwed. And this is my life, right? That was kind of where I worked for a long time. And I thought that was where I was going to end up forever. And then the turning point was in 1999, I'm probably aging myself a little bit here, but there was the dot-com boom. So like every yeah. startup was hiring, every tech company in the Bay Area was hiring. They still cared about degrees, but there wasn't like strict background checks like there are now. I shouldn't be giving this out, but yeah. you could kind of say you had a degree and they just kind of took your word for it, right? So I took a gamble and I jumped in at a tech company knowing that they were just hiring like crazy. It was obviously entry level, but I was just happy to get in eight to five weekends off. You know, I'm behind a computer. I got AC, snacks, coffee. I'm like, oh man, I made it. I can't believe I snuck in. I, I got through. I know I'm rambling on here, but what I want to say now is you guys don't have to worry about the background checks and stuff anymore in this day and age. Now, most, most tech companies, especially if you want to just get into sales, they're not even looking for your degree. So don't worry about it. And then from there, I just kind of worked hard, made sure I didn't get fired or laid off. And, and I just ran with it. What I always tell people, a lot of people start off in like insurance sales and just commission only sales. That's why you see it's, you learn some of the ins and outs. You could sometimes do it for three to six months or they do like local sales, right? I had a podcast guest. He did like sales for like a dis grocery distributor and he got right. like little partnerships, but he learned the basics of sales. And there's so many phenomenal sales books and courses to get an idea. And the other thing that I've also told people, like, let's say there's a company you really like, you go approach them and you say, look, I'm starting on my career. I really like what you're doing. Can I work on commission only? And if I bring in deals, can I get a cut? Yeah. And look, they have nothing to lose, right? Especially if you show that initiative and then you work your way up and now you know some things about sales. Now you can go get a small base and all that. Right, exactly. That's a good way to go. If you have 
kind of some backup, right? Like maybe your parents are helping you yeah. out or maybe you got low bills and, and having like a base salary is not important. Definitely, definitely. Because insurance and real estate and those types of things, those really pay off in the long run. It, they're rough at first, but in the long run, man, you have a great career and a great life. Like I said, the other thing you could do is you, there's tons of tech companies that you could either go in the office, you could work from home or you could work hybrid, but they're all looking for something, right? It could be entry level. It could be not, but they're out there. They need salespeople. And it's not that hard. You know, once you kind of learn just the basics of sales, you're going to wish you did it a long time ago. Yeah. And there's just a lot of value in it because you're bringing in money to the company. So when it comes down to like downtimes, like now or 2008 or 2000, the dot-com boom, if you're selling, you're doing well, the company's not going to lay you off. They're going to lay off the other people like engineers, marketing, all those people. So it's almost like job security too. And the beauty is, is that sales, you should know how to sell yourself regardless of what you do. And a lot of people, sometimes they may get, they may not like sales anymore, but those skills are always transferable, right? That you can go into tech, you can go into customer success, you can go into other parts and you can go sell yourself. It's all about how you pitch your story. So how was it the first few years? Like you got the job, you're like, I made it five years at a grocery store. And what skills from the grocery store really helped you in the typical corporate environment? That's a good question. Definitely dealing with with people, right? When you're in the grocery store, it's kind of like, everybody's coming in from all walks of life, right? But a lot of them were tech people too. They'd come like about 5, 5.30. They just got off work. You could tell they were buying like dinner or they were getting ready for like Monday night football or, or whatever. And you can kind of like talk to them and ask them what they do. But a lot of times they're upset or they're different personalities you got to deal with. And once you learn how to deal with people, especially like one after another, after another, after another, right? You're meeting like different, you're meeting older people, you're meeting younger people, you're meeting middle-aged people. And then you just become so good at being like a people person, like how's your day? How's everything going? Whatever small talk they want to talk about. And that's all sales really is, is building relationships. So once you've built a relationship, it doesn't matter if this guy's a better sales guy than you or that guy. The person's going to buy from you because they know you, they like you. And they trust you. And so it kind of taught me a lot about meeting people and seeing people like week after week and just building those relationships. So in a way, I feel like it was a really good segue. How long did you keep that first job? So when I got into tech, it was another five years. So I was uh, at a company called Bell Microproducts. And I wasn't really in sales. I was I was more in like the product marketing side. But I was helping the salespeople sell. And that was something after about a few years, I was like, wait a minute how these guys making all this money? I'm the one helping them sell. Like I would jump on the calls with their customers and and kind of help guide them along. So that's another one too I want to talk about where a lot of sales engineers, they like being sales engineers because they don't want to totally sell. But I would advise sales engineers to get directly into sales as well if you can, because then you can get more commissions. But that's a whole different story. So basically what happened was I figured, okay, I need to get into sales and make real money like these guys are making at that company. But that company knew me as what I was. So I figured instead of asking them to get into their sales department, I just started to look around at like startup companies and other types of companies. And it's crazy. I kind of faked it till I made it. I just said I've been in sales for a few years. I put it on my resume. I'm not recommending everybody do this. 
or, or hire an advisor or a mentor to walk you through how to set up your resume properly. And then you go in, you interview, you, you say who you are and what you do and how hard you're willing to work. And, and boom, I got in to a sales position at a different company. And then from there, I just ran with it and never looked back. So before you were assisting the salespeople, were you like an SDR, BDR, or what were you doing? What was the yeah, title? they called it back then like telesales. So you basically were trying to get people interested in the product that you're selling. And then once they were interested, yeah, you would hand it off to the real salesperson, right? So yeah, it'd be a SDR, a BDR. You're basically booking a, an appointment for the future or right then for them to talk to, call it the closer, right? And then the closer would come in and sell them. Hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below. So it was really good practice because you're just getting your teeth kicked in, just calling and, and just telling people about what you do and, and how you do it and how you can help them. And if you're interested, can I get you an appointment? It's still kind of that way today. And so from there, once I got good at that for about six months to a year, then I was able to get into the sales position of actually selling the product, making the commissions. And then from there, it was it was really awesome. How was it that first six months? I know like people hang up on you, people curse you out. It's it's not yeah. easy. So how many dials a day were you doing? How'd you get used to it? Yeah, like 40 to 50 um, a day. Um, not only is it tough from the from getting hung up on and, you know, just the, the nerves of it and everything, but even when you're at that company, that company's also watching you, right? So there's a lot of threats of your job, like, hey, if you don't perform, you're going to get let go or put on a performance improvement plan and all these things, right? So that part's stressful as well. And a lot of people stay away from sales just because of that. But what I can tell you is, as long as you work hard, you know, come in, do what you got to do and, and just get along with others. They won't really stress you out like that. It's They're mainly going to stress out the people that aren't working. They're being lazy. Maybe they're surfing the web all day, watching YouTube or scrolling social media. It's more of your attitude. It's not really like the work, right? And so if you come in with a good attitude and you work hard and, and you don't get sidetracked or have, you know, argue too much with, with what needs to be done, you'll be fine. If if somebody is giving you trouble or giving you a performance improvement plan or stressing you out or telling you you're going to get fired, it's usually something different. It's usually not really performance. It's it's something they just feel that you're not a fit anymore. And it, it could just be your attitude. It could just be how you approach things. It could be how you deal with people. And that might be something you just need to work on. But it's not the end of the world. If you adjust it pretty quickly, they'll be like, oh, okay, I think this guy gets what we're saying. He figured it out. And you'll be fine, right? You don't you don't have nothing to worry about. Um, but if you ignore it, 
they'll eventually show you the door. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, it's it's an opportunity for you to level up, for you to do things. And if you're doing all the right things, you know what? Maybe that environment's not right for you and you can go find something else. So you did that. After a year, you got the hang of it. Now, what happened after a year? Were you getting more sales? What was happening? Yeah, so I got more sales. I also, like on the back of my mind, knew that I didn't have a degree and all these things, right? So my my objective was like, okay, let me just lay low, work hard, stay off the radar for the most part. Like some some guys were starting to get promoted into like management or maybe they were leaving to like even better companies, right? Like bigger names like like Apple or Google or or wherever. And I just thought, well, I don't have the degree or the background to do that. So I'm just going to lay low and stay here where I am. So I kind of, in a way, held myself back a little bit, just trying to stay under the radar. And if I could go back, I would have done that a lot different. So what I could tell the people listening is don't ever hold yourself back. Don't ever think like you're not good enough. The truth is once you're in the company, they don't know who you are anymore as far as your background. They don't know about your degree. All they know is you're there just like everybody else. And if you're working harder and getting more done, you'll get promoted or you'll get known in the industry as that person. And you can go to other companies and stuff like that. I don't know if that made sense, but no, it makes sense. You, the fact is you're already in now. It's like you build the reputation, build those relationships, build those skills because at the end of the day, when someone doesn't know you, they're going to judge you. Oh, you have a degree. You went to this school. You worked at this company. Now that they know you, they'll be like, oh, Carl closed the biggest deal. Carl just bought in 10 new clients last month. Carl is crushing his quota. Yeah. We can have Carl as a sales manager. We can have Carl as head of sales for this new department because he's done it and we know what he brings to the table. Right. They don't care about your resume anymore. They don't care about anything, right? Like you're already there. You're already in. And so that was just something I... I didn't figure out till later on. And once I figured it out, I ran with it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I can't believe they don't really go back and look at that type of stuff, you know? So you went for it inside the company and you moved up. What were the next roles that you're like, wow, I got this role. And what'd you do in that role? After a while, I started to realize that, like I said, some of the, I don't want to say the bad apples, but some of the rough around the edges guys were starting to get promoted or they were starting to leave and go to like bigger sales companies or bigger tech companies or whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, how are they able to do it? And not, and I'm not able to do it. And so what happened was long story short, I kind of hit a rock bottom point, but then from there I looked, okay, how do I get out of the mess I'm in? And I found like Brian Tracy and some of these other guys like in personal development and they had a bunch of videos on YouTube, you know, now, now it's everywhere, right? You got so many different guys, but back then it was like Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, those kind of dudes. And I kind of found that stuff on my phone, just looking for an answer, like, dude, I need help. Like I'm totally lost right now. And so I had to kind of prove that, okay, I'm not that person anymore. I really am down for the cause. I really am really want to help people and work hard and really help the company grow and, and help everybody around me grow. And so I had to kind of prove that for a few months. And then they were like, okay, they still weren't quite convinced. And for everybody listening, don't get discouraged. This is what you have to do sometimes. So they gave me a, a role as a team lead. It was kind of like you still sell, but you also help everyone around you and you'll get like an extra commission for that. And it was kind of a way of like, 
my boss at the time was really cool. It was like, look, if you want to go into management, you can go. If not, you can go back to where you were. So it was kind of like a fail safe as a team lead. And so I did that. And then I just worked even harder and did well at that. And then from there, I finally got my promotion into management. Okay. And from there, I just never looked back. But it was a, a, a harder road than someone who doesn't get sidetracked per se. Yeah. My know, advice is if once you get into these companies, don't get comfortable. Don't feel like, oh, well, now I'm selling and I can just be myself. I, I, I teach this a lot to my, to my clients. Use your A and B mode. Like when you're at work, think of it as like, okay, you're on camera or you're, you're in a movie now. Like from eight to five, you're this person that's here to help do well. For the most part, be like the right type of person. And then when you leave, you can be yourself. You can be kind of that rough around the edges kind of person that you really are. So you could be your A and B mode, just know when to turn it on and turn it off. It'll help you get to where you want a lot quicker. Also for performance, sometimes it's, you can't be on all the time, right? That you need that separation. You need that, especially like sales. It's it's tough. It's You get a lot of rejection and it really wears on you. And you have to think about the long road. And you it was a great point about the distractions is that you got to be focused, right? And pe- look, people get distracted and all that, but you have to know how to get back on track. Because I've seen some people, you've seen it, where they start off strong and they get sidetracked and they never recover, right? They can yeah. never replicate the performance again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. You've got to keep the momentum going. At least it makes it makes life easier if you keep the momentum going. Don't get me wrong. You could still do some things here and there. You don't have to be totally perfect, right? I don't want to scare everybody off where like, oh man, I know I don't have a life anymore. No, you have a life, but you just you just know how to separate it. Like, okay, outside of work, I have my life. And inside of work, I'm this high-end sales person. Now, as you moved up into management, now how is management different from your earlier positions? So management is is is, is an interesting dynamic. You're basically the frontline leader for your team and even other teams. So everything is on you as far as, okay, if, if these people don't do well, you're the first one to have to explain why. It's a benefit, but it's also a struggle, right? It's kind of like, okay, I don't have to be on the phones all day long, which is really awesome. But then now you have to keep everybody around you accountable. The way I think of it as a good thing is when you're helping others be successful, then you become more successful. It's more, not only does the company you know, help you and give you more money. But I feel like even the universe is, is blessing you more because not only now you're, you're, you're just selfish and helping yourself. Now you're helping everyone around you be successful. And then from there, more of the blessings come. Oh, I love and that. I mean, to get a little, little universe weird on that, but that's just how, how I see it. No, you know, I, I found it. What well, goes around comes around because you start lifting everyone up and then people start realizing like, Hey, this environment is good and Carl's helping me succeed. I want to help Carl succeed because if Carl succeeds, I'm going to succeed. And this is how you build great workplace relationships. Now, how has sales changed over time? Because sales is very different than when you started in like the early 2000s. I know it was very phone heavy and I know they're going back to the phones, email, they're doing video, LinkedIn, all that stuff. So how has sales changed and how have you adapted? So sales has changed a little bit as far as there's just a lot of contracts now that lock people in. Whereas before it was more, you could get people to buy your product or sign up for your service and, you know, 
if you did well and, and kept them happy and took care of them, then they stuck with you. If not, they would leave, right? Now it's a little different because now a lot of tech companies, they want like either a one-year contract or, or a two-year contract or a three-year contract. And that's to keep the customer from leaving, right? But it does make it a little more difficult because the customers are hesitant to sign on for that long period of time. So you really, it's really more now about relationships and letting the, the customer know that you're there for them. You're not going to like screw them over and that you answer the phone when they call, you answer the emails when they email. Basically, the person that they can trust the most is the one that's going to win the sale in, in this day and age. It's not even the best product. It's not even the best demo. It's not even the best anything, right? It's not even the most well-known company. The person is going to buy from the person that they trust. So if you're like disappearing all the time or not answering their emails or not answering their calls, that could, that could turn everything away from you. And then so-and-so at what other company that does answer the phone, maybe even gives them their cell phone. Like, Hey, call me whenever I'm, I'm here. Right. Like if the deal's big enough, call me on a Saturday, call me at night. I don't care. Like let's, I'm showing you I'm here for you. Um, and I think that's a big differentiator right now as far as how to sell versus a competitor yeah. with with this new contracts and age. Yeah. And I know that sometimes it's like you go for the one year, but if they go two, three years, you give them discounts, you get more benefits, you get all that. But at the end of the day, it's like you also want them to renew at the end of the contract. So that's why you have customer success, making sure that their accounts are taken care of and they're doing all that. So sales is definitely much more complicated, especially with a lot of these products and there's a lot of support and other complimentary services. Why it's good to get along with all those departments too, like your account management team, your customer success team, like you talked about. Don't be selfish. Help everyone in your company do well and they'll help you do well. And then it just makes your life a lot easier. Yeah. Now you kept on moving up. So now you worked in management. Then what came next? So I basically stayed in management. I'm still in management now. Um, what I realize now is, is as you move up a little bit higher than that, it, the company does more own you, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, but I've started like sort of a, a, a separate business. So I don't want to like totally steal from the company as far as like, okay, yeah, I'm going to move up and you guys can own me now, but then I can't do what I need to do on the side. So what I realized was that now I want to start helping people get through what I went through, but without going through all the headaches and the speed bumps and just all the nightmares I had to go through to finally figure this out. So I started, you know, my own coaching business for, you know, career tech sales um, or your mindset, right? It's called the Next Call Circle. Um, the website's nextcallcircle.com. And what I do is I help people get through everything that I went through a lot quicker and easier because, I mean, I, I wish there was just someone like me back when I was younger that could just say, hey, look, just do this, 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 and boom, you're going to make it. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like people say, oh, I can learn everything for free on YouTube. And, you know, the fact is, yeah, you could. But you're going to make mistakes. You're going to get trial and error. There's so many people who are sharing things that aren't accurate. And then now you have to go and do go through this trial and error. The other thing is, they may be telling you something that's accurate, but it's not the right solution for you. Just like you're in sales, you know that there are people who sell. Some people crush it on the phone. Some people crush it in email. Some people crush it in conferences. Some people crush it on LinkedIn. 
there's no right or wrong way. It's about what works for you and your style. And that's where like, you know, when you have someone like you, it's a lot easier and much quicker. And I tell them, people, your time is money. So it's like, yeah, yeah you could learn something over two to three years. Or let's say you get through that process in six months. You're ahead. You're ahead by an extra year and a half, two years, three years. So it, it makes a difference. I've mentors. I've, I've paid a lot of money for, for mentoring and coaching. But to your point, you're right. Like I spent hours, months, years on YouTube. And what I could show people is, okay, just watch this one, watch this one, and watch that one. They don't have to go through watching all the ones and all the ones that are waste of time or that steer you in the wrong direction. Um, even the books to read or listen to on Audible. Like if somebody's kind of gone through all that headache already, boom, I, I just pick their brain and get what I need out of it. And then yeah. boom, you kind of get everything within an hour or two instead of all the time you could spend trying to learn it on your own. Yeah, like I'll have people come to me and they'll have career questions and all that and they'll spend 20, 30, 40 hours and I'll give them the answer in five minutes. I'll be like, oh, here's your problem. Here's what you need to do. But it's because yeah. I've also invested that time and I've gone through it and I've tested it. So that's the beauty of, you know, having a mentor, having someone right by your side. Absolutely. Yep. Now let's go back, right? You mentioned you were rock bottom. How do you come out of something like that? Because I've seen people hit rock bottom and they never recover, right? Like they stay there yeah. or they never get back to their original trajectory. Not only did you bounce back, you maintained that trajectory and you kept moving up. Like, how do you do that? It's tough. I'm not going to lie. But one thing one of my mentors taught me um, that really helped is, is it's not what you do, it's what you don't do. And what I mean by that is, is get rid of any distractions that are taking your time away, any vices, right? Like drugs or alcohol or like you said earlier, your time is money. And when you really allocate what you really need to be doing to the time, you can really bounce back up really quick. But if you still let things like pull you in different directions and hold you down and it could just take longer and you could just stay down there. But I don't know, for some reason, I just knew that there were people around me that weren't from the Bay Area or they weren't even from this country per se, right? And they were doing a lot better than me. I don't want to like say names or, or yeah, anything yeah. like that. But what I, what I realized was I was like, wait a minute, like how are they doing well? And I'm not like, obviously I'm a white cat. Like I'm here in the Bay Area. I grew up here in the Bay Area. How did somebody come from a rough area or a different country and now they're winning and I'm losing. Like, and so I really thought about, okay, what are they doing different? And so I would see what they would do different and they just weren't getting sidetracked or maybe they were helping others or maybe they were doing the things that you're supposed to do to get more blessings in life. Right. Um, whether it's going over to help them clean something up or, giving them food or whatever, right? Like, and all these things. And I just realized like, okay, if they could do it, what's my excuse? And then that's when I really, I started copying what they were doing. And then I went even further and got into looking into YouTube and Audible and just listening to all the different books on success and mindset and, you know, the law of attraction, you name it, I've read it or listened to it. And you just take it all in and you start practicing those steps and you climb out quick. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, but it could be pretty quick. And then as long as you're consistent with it, boom, life is good. And people are starting to ask you, like, what the heck do you do? How do you do it? And and then, yeah, things go really well. 
Now, you mentioned you've read it all. If you had only like three to five books to read or courses to take or channels to watch, like what are the ones that you recommend? Like, hey, they're dropping so many gems. Yeah, I mean, a, a really good book is um, The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene is a really good book. It, it kind of teaches you about just how to act around people and how to act right when it's time to be right or wrong or, or things like that. It's a really good book. Um, the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is a good one. Okay. And um, once you start going down that rabbit hole on your YouTube, the algorithm will start giving you more. And so what I tell people is start watching something motivational or some person who's motivational and your phone will feed you more motivation instead of what gets you sidetracked. And then from there, it's just you'll start getting overloaded with just all the right things to do. You know, it's funny. My TikTok is all career advice, sales advice, and business advice. And I have mm-hmm. two TikToks. One is like, you know, where you watch the funny videos. But mm-hmm. again, these algorithms will give you what you want. And what you, now look, what you want, it's also what are you spending time on? Because they make money by keeping you longer on the platform. So if you spend all your time watching funny videos and prank videos, that's what you're going to see. If you spend your time consuming sales advice, you're spending your time learning, that's what you're going to see. So it's very important to do what you can because at the end of the day, look, their goal is to make advertising revenue. Their goal is to keep you on the platform. The more time you spend on the platform, the more likely they make money. Right. Yeah. I even had my kids watch that that Netflix, uh, The Social Dilemma. Yeah, yeah. About that, like on how you could, you know, your phone isn't just giving you what you think it's giving you. It's giving you what it thinks you want to see. Going back to the books, I just remembered, sorry. There's obviously um, Think and Grow Rich. That's like yeah. a super good old school book. And then How to Win Friends and Influence People is another good book. I don't know why I drew a blank earlier, but if you read those two, you're in a really good place. And then I think The 48 Laws of Power will help you as far as with your family and people at work and how to just deal with these difficult situations. Um, and then the compound effect is really cool because you'll see how like things just really start compounding and building. And once that momentum is just rolling, you're rolling, you know? Now, if you're walking across the street and you saw like your 16 to 18 year old self, oh, what man. would you, t- what would you tell Carl? Oh man, that, yeah. Yeah, it, I would definitely tell them don't get sidetracked on being pulled in all kinds of different directions. I think a lot of what what the mistakes I made was everyone around me wanted to do this or they wanted to do that. And I would just roll along to roll along to pass the time or whatever. And just looking back, there's just so many years wasted of just being here, being there and and not really doing what I could have to build myself or maybe my business or my career, right? So what I would tell my old self is, you know, read these books and start working on these things. Write down your goals. Um, write down what you're grateful for. Obviously, go to the gym. Just do everything to get your mind right. Stay away from, like, drugs, obviously. Um, and start working on where you really want to be five years down the road. I was always just thinking the next day, the next day, the next day. I never really thought like further down the road. Um, and the crazy part is when you do look down the road, you know, the universe does give you signals and directions to follow to get there. But if you don't, it doesn't really tell you where to go. And then you just stay lost. Is kind of how I look at it. Oh, I love that. So now yeah. 
at this stage in your career, like, what are your future goals? Like, you really moved up. You have a successful business. What yeah. do you want to achieve now? I love tech. So here's the crazy part. I know a lot of people that are doing, um, you know, career coaching or life coaching or mindset coaching or fitness coaching. That's kind of all they do. Believe it or not, my goal is to stay in tech. I, I just love the atmosphere. I feel like it's something that built me. So why would I, why would I shy away from it? And I like the social aspect of it. I like what you learn and the challenges and everything like that. So I think I'm going to continue to stay in tech. I'll probably eventually move up the ladder, but then I also want to help people and do, you know, some speaking and everything like that. Like I just feel the more I help people, the more my life will be blessed and my family and, and everything like that. And so I feel like if, if I stay in tech, I can still have the know-hows to teach, to teach it to others, where if I get out of it, you might not be as connected and you might be given advice that's not even relevant anymore. So I'm going to continue to do both. Thank you so much for your time, Carl. This was such a good episode. I know that you'll continue to elevate people and uplift people. And I, yeah, I appreciate what you do too. I, I never would have thought in my younger years that like you could not have a degree and still make it, but it's not true anymore. Now, now you have all the resources. And so I think what you're doing is really cool. A lot of people think I'm crazy. Like they still say like, no, you got to go to college and you got to do this. And you do, right? I'm not saying become a dropout and run with it, right? Like, but your life isn't over. You can definitely still do well. You can still be successful. And if you follow the No Degree podcast and everything he's given out, you're going to be fine. So how would people reach out to you? How would people support you? Yeah, you can go to my website. It's um, nextcallcircle.com. Um, Instagram, Next Call Circle, or Carl Dunning. Um, YouTube is Next Call Circle. And then you can also even hit me on LinkedIn, on my regular LinkedIn account, Carl Dunning. Um, my, my company's still hiring salespeople to this day all over the country. Um, hit me up if you, you know, think you're ready to get into sales. But yeah, you can find me at those locations and I'm always here to help. Thank you so much for your time, Carl. This is a great conversation. You got it, man. Have a good weekend. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and we'll go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.